0: your title, it doesn't matter. You know, what matters is really the work that you are putting into the world, like how you're showing up, how you are being, how you are leading, how you are choosing to exist on earth. That's more, I think, of how I would identify myself now.
1: Welcome to Therapist Expanded where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us because we'll only take them as far as we've gone so join me your host Aaron Gibb and my trailblazing guests and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential Okay. So hello, revolutionaries. I am so glad you're here. And today I'm interviewing Lauren Ashley. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we're going to start where we always do the question, which is tell us about yourself, your work, and your passions. Mm.
0: I feel like this could be like an hour long episode just with that question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So about myself, I live in Mexico. I have always been into psychology, the mind, personal growth. Um, I moved here almost five years ago now. In a month, it'll be five years. And my path has really been about... I didn't really always realize it because I went to university, did the traditional thing, did the good girl thing, the things that I was supposed to do, wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but the universe kind of, you know, showed me the path that I actually really wanted. And so my work in the last several years has really been about owning your truth and trusting in your intuition and not allowing other people's thoughts, society's conditioning to really sway you. I have very strong minded, I don't know if you would call it authority figures anymore, but I grew up with strong-minded authority figures, aka parents, aka a mom <laughs> who always wanted the best for me and God bless her soul, but you know, my path has really been about finding what my voice is and and what feels right to me. And so I do that now from my office in Mexico. And I do that with a lot of entrepreneurs because in the entrepreneurial world, I'm a an aligned business coach by the way, I didn't say that, but that's not really part of my identity. So a lot of people in the entrepreneurial world and even careers, whatever, we're all just like following these pathways that we think we have to follow and My whole mission is to help people build success their way and what success looks like is different for everybody and the way in which it gets fulfilled is different for everybody. And the thing that really lights me up about the work that I do, which I also would call my passion is helping people feel like fully expressed and fully confident in themselves And just be able to lead their lives the way that they were meant to be, like the way that they were kind of born to, but forgot how to. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I do.
1: Oh, I love that. You said so much there that I, yeah, I agree. We could probably just talk about this one question. Mm -hmm. The last thing you said struck me, which is who we come into the world as. And then that gets lost through conditioning. And we always have a choice to come back. It doesn't take looking beyond a small child to see. Mm -hmm. They're just joyful present. And just before we turned on the recording, I said to you about all the weird gifts that I have. Yes. I was born with those. My earliest memories are so, so spiritual and aligned and connected with the universe and the nature around me. But then trauma occurred. And I had many years of trauma and addiction before I came back. So I love what you're saying there. It sounds like your work is in the helping the people come back.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely.
1: Beautiful. You also said something which is really amazing, especially where a lot of people are professionals listening to this. You do not define your identity by your career choice. Mm
0: -hmm. I definitely used to. And I started my business in health coaching because it was comfortable. And then I got actual coaching certification. And then I was like, what do I do with this? Like, I'm so multifaceted. And what I've realized over the last few years is like my outward identity, you know, like how I express myself. And it's not even about how you express yourself because I think that can just be part of who you are. But I think your title I've realized it doesn't matter. You know, what matters is really the work that you are putting into the world, like how you're showing up, how you are being, how you are leading, how you are choosing to exist on earth. That's more, I think of how I would identify myself now, which identity is such an interesting topic in and of
1: itself. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's where this springs up from. Mm -hmm. I appreciate what you're saying there. Because sometimes our professional identity can become like a noose. Yeah. And it's hard to get out of thinking that way. So yeah, thank you. You did say a lot there, your passions, and you are in Mexico now. You're Canadian originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I
0: grew up in St. Catharines, so
1: not far from you. Yeah, where we both went to university because we both yeah. went did our undergrad at the same university. Cool. Mm-hmm. You mentioned to me when we spoke separately that you had thought about becoming a therapist. Yeah. Can you tell us more about that and perhaps why you didn't choose that? Yeah.
0: So I remember sitting in my first year psych class fully. It's so funny. I don't remember like a lot of things specifically, but there are certain things that just really stick me. And this was one of them. So sitting in my first year psych class, listening to the professor and she was just very like, oh, you think you're going to be a psychologist? You think you're going to be a therapist? Well, here's everything you have to go through. And I was like, this sounds terrible. I do not want to be in school for seven, 11 years. And then along the way that kind of changed. I thought, well, maybe I will do my master's. Maybe I will, you know, go into like organizational behavior development or something like that, psychology, but also like business corporate related. And I'm thankful that I actually didn't go that path because as much as I love studying and I love what I was able to do with that experience I love how it stretched me I don't think that that was necessarily the path for me so yeah I kind of just realized I didn't want to be miserable that was I think a core of it was like I'm not down to you know go through all of this training like just for what like why you know so from there I kind of felt Lost, like, well, what am I going to do? And eventually I found my way to coaching, thankfully.
1: You realized something, I think, there that it wasn't necessarily going to be the path to happiness for you. And you felt it from the conditioning that you were receiving, like that kind of like you've got to push and hustle and grind and force and be worthy. I'm using air quotes, or you're an imposter. Like, you heard all those things that I would say most of us received on at some place, either covertly or overtly, in this becoming a therapist journey, becoming a health professional, whatever way you want to look at it. And you said, Yeah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was so interesting because it was shocking to me as a student to sit there and listen to somebody who had done the pathway, you know, who is now teaching, feel so miserable about that I don't think that was necessarily a conscious thought at the time but thinking back on it now I think that's just very interesting that that would be the message so
1: I wonder if we were in a similar class because I also have that memory of Mm. someone telling me I was in a very large lecture hall at Brock at our university seeing this woman telling me about the same things yeah all the different steps all that and I remember going inwards and like sort of freaking out yeah thing to the stats about how many people actually got in and this different thing yes the
0: stats
1: <laughs> freaking out and I took a different approach because egoically I was like no I am becoming a freaking therapist like I, this is it I'm doing it yeah on some level I love that tenacity in myself yeah and on another level all I've done is come back full circle to going Oh yeah, that hustling, that forcing, that it doesn't really work, but we all have a different way of getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have no regrets, but it's fascinating how two people could be in a similar place, have a similar memory. Not everything from Brock sticks out to me, but that yes. moment where it got laid out the the truth air quotes. Now I took a bit of a different path. I went to school in the States. Mm-hmm. I did make my own way. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a three-year master's instead of a two-year, like I did what I felt was best for me, but I could have easily, it speaks to a lot because a lot of people probably either gave up or decided, holy shit, I need to hustle or decided smartly. I hear what you said. I don't see what you did as giving up at all. Not that there's anything wrong with giving up, but it's Mm -hmm. like Hearing those powerful people say those things does inform us of a lot. You didn't like yeah. the vibes, is what yeah. I'm hearing. And I yeah. don't blame you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's so funny because the work that I do right now is very much about helping people reach their goal. Ugh, I don't even like goal, <laughs> create their dream life, their dream business all from the feelings, like we were talking about, you know, in our episode, how do we want to feel? But the way in which that we do that is always like, what's the easiest way to get there? And so for me listening, and I didn't recognize that as a theme in my life, but if you follow astrology, my moon is in Taurus. So lots of like comfy kind of, I sometimes get too comfortable, but I've also learned about myself that also in gene keys, actually, if you are into the gene keys, My purpose or my gift here is to make things easy for myself and people. So it's always like, okay, how do we take the path of least resistance? How do we just find ease in everything that we do? Not that life has to be easy and not that growth has to be easy necessarily, because I think there's always going to be challenges. But how can we find ease in the way that we go about it? How can we find ease in the way that we approach and create and all of that yeah. yes,
1: yes, because the opposite is usually what is taught. You got to hustle, you got to work hard, you got to work. We don't actually have to work hard for things in life. A lot of people bristle at hearing that because it is such a deeply indoctrinated story that a yeah. value. and we're rewarded as kids for working hard. So it gets yeah. deeply ingrained. A lot of people I've worked with in my career, come from a background of farm culture. Mm. But that creates an egoic part that will often want to work them to death. It's not anchored in reality. It's the working too young for a lot of people created that. So I've seen it so magnified. We don't all have to be involved in farm culture where work is about literally you won't eat if you don't. Mm-hmm. But that same mechanism seems to have been baked into our society. So we don't have to work hard creating from ease brings us to ease. I'm with you a hundred percent. It's only been in recent years that I'm really feeling able to live that. And you said something there that was so amazing. And I'm also sharing in the brain fart of that. It just like went through my head. (laughs) Just, it was like, yeah, that's amazing. I heard it on a deep level and it went through. If it comes back, (laughs) I will definitely speak to it. But oh, This was a part of it is when you reference the gene keys, I'm just going to let the audience know that Lauren is talking about human design. Mm -hmm. So Anyone who doesn't know about human design, that is a beautiful rabbit hole that you can go on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be skeptical of things like astrology. And then I did my whole chart and I was like, "Hmm, I might have no free will. That's amazing. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then I did human design and I was like, yeah, legitimately, I cannot believe how spot on it is. So for anyone who's listening, who wants to understand themselves in a different way, is open to considering different things. It's a bit of a projective mechanism too. Like any kind of, so that's beautiful because you get to know yourself regardless. But I have uh, the gate 10. Can't remember where it falls in my GPU. Me too. My- yeah. Isn't that the gate of humanity? I think gate 10 is actually... Or is di- that 15? Divine laziness, I'm pretty sure yes, it is. that's yes. the ease. That's why yeah. we
0: connect on that level. I knew we must have had some sort of gate in common because I was like, this is a complete mirror. <laughs>
1: I often create from not doing, from being and from being what people might call lazy. It's very hard for me, but I'm called within. It's like, just to give the audience an understanding, Lauren and I just did an episode on Lauren's podcast. Can you tell us the name of your podcast, Lauren?
0: Yes. It's the Aligned
1: and Magnetic Podcast. Thank you. We Mm -hmm. just did this and we talked about different paths and different ways. I'm having that moment again where it's like lost. This is fascinating. We must be resonating on that level. So if it comes back to me, I will say it. But it was something around this divine laziness and it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we don't have to work that hard is what it's really about. Maybe. (laughs) But yes. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question for you Mm -hmm. that is a bit of a specific. You've gone on this journey that I think is fascinating. and You've followed what you want in life. I mean, you are living in Mexico yeah. For five years. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell us about two sides of what I see as a coin. One mm-hmm. is a time when you really held yourself back from doing something in life. And then when is a time where you really went for it? You took a risk and you went after what you wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love those questions. So honestly, the one that It's kind of ingrained now in my brand story. So there's been many times where I've held myself back, very many times. But the one time that is most prominent, I guess, in my story is when I was actually working at Brock in a department that became very toxic. It was a department that it was my first career. I started as a web developer and then I became the marketing and recruitment officer And I loved my job, but the people changed like the higher ups changed and that really changed the energy of the office. And it became very toxic, very fear driven. I felt very on edge and I was definitely approaching burnout. I remember calling my boss or I went home and my boss called me and asked if I was okay, And I started crying to her because I was like, I can't. Do this, you know? What's funny is that I had been researching the whole time how to build an online business, how to make money online, how to travel the world and make money. So I was looking at teaching English overseas. I was looking at anything that could get me out of that kind of environment. But my brain told me that, well, That's like five years from now. Like, that can't possibly happen this year. You need to work to pay off your school debt. You need to work to save. You need to build your resume. You need to go get your master's, right? So, what I find just so interesting is that intuitively, I could literally see myself like researching ways out, but like my mind. I feel like wouldn't allow me to is kind of not empowering, but I couldn't let myself even believe that that was a possibility for me. And, you know, I definitely was holding myself back from taking the leap. And that's when the universe actually, so my contract was supposed to be renewed with this position and it actually ended up getting cut. And I was devastated because I was actually going to do my MBA And it was going to be covered because I worked at the university and I had applied, had my application in. I was studying for the GMAT, which was so stupid. But anyway, I was doing all of the things and then my contract was getting cut and I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, what am I going to do? My next five years of my life were literally planned around having this job. And so I was actually my partner at the time, my ex. I met him here in Mexico and he was living here and I was like, you know what, maybe this is the opportunity for me to go move somewhere else. I had been working on my business behind the scenes on my lunch break at night and I just, you know, my career was always my excuse to not go all in. Like I have a job, I have, you know, got to make money, got to save, got to achieve high things, whatever so my business was like my side project and this really just like the universe has really always had my back in the way that it helps me to get uncomfortable it like ripped away that comfort blanket and from there i made a plan i i found another job for like 9 months i saved up a ton and then i moved to mexico which was very very risky you know from my little like perspective of growing up in a small town and never leaving really i hadn't i traveled to florida and mexico once and parts of canada but not super cultured i would say so yeah it was a really big leap of faith and i would say since then with building my business there's been many times that i've held myself back you know in between but i think you know for the last 5 years i have really gone for it i have put like all of my eggs in this basket of doing what I really love to do and fully committing myself to this path of it gets to be easy and you get to do work that you love. And that gets to be enough for this life.
1: I love that. It gets to be easy, gets to be fun, Mm -hmm. gets to be enough for this life. You really said that mantra in the end there, which to me is the antithesis of the hustle Push, achieve, and then end up unfulfilled. Hustle, push, achieve, rinse, and repeat. We can see it at retirement age. We can see it all through the North American story of, you know, hustle, rinse, repeat, not fulfilled. Keep hustling, keep rinsing, keep repeating. So that enough. And what you did there is when I say it's two sides of a coin, you did it beautifully because it is generally two sides of a coin. The places we held ourselves back become The eventual springboard, if we choose to, into the really going for it. Yeah, I bet you everyone listening could resonate with that. Like the story of what we really want from our deepest desires is there in one way or another. And we've got a lot of reasons why we cannot allow ourselves to have that kind of abundance, fulfillment, ease, fun. So thank you.
0: Yeah. And I love that you share that because, you know, we could create 99 reasons as to why you shouldn't, and typically only one reason as to why you should, you know, or why you can. Mm. So yeah, the reasons for why you can't or why that's not the right thing to do always, I feel like, are louder And for me, this was definitely the case. There was so much noise around everything. I married a foreigner, like this Mexican man that I met, who I had only been with in person for seven weeks. Everyone was so worried. Everyone was talking about me, telling me all these things. You shouldn't do that. Didn't talk to my mom for several months because it was an issue. Just like, and a lot of external noise, you know, all of this noise. But definitely like, committing to yourself and committing to your path like other people can't live your life for you so why are we giving them so much reddit so much you know buy-in to our journey
1: the words that came up it's like they're they're not paying rent there's a lot of real estate and that's how conditioning plays out we're such good students of our upbringing yeah, yeah they take up free space and then we realize, I think, or we can, and later is that it's not them. It's the story we're telling ourselves about what they might yes. want. Yeah. Yeah. You said some important things there. And going for it, not knowing the outcome mm-hmm, is important. There was something we talked about on the podcast episode I just did with you about a process to discern mm-hmm. because, yeah, the n- mind is noisy. I often see this we didn't discuss, but I often see a marching band, Mm -hmm. full-on marching band, batons, the the marching, the drums, the instruments. It's this incredible. And in the midst of that marching band, you're getting text messages, emails, notifications. That's the mind often, Mm -hmm. especially when you go to do something outside of your programming. It is like a loud distraction, bringing feelings. The being that one reason out of 99 that is the true thing that is our path. It's like, it's been sending you postcards. They're quiet. It's just the being is just there going like, Hey, if you want another way, but like, I'm not going to push you. I'm not loud. I'm not pushy. It's like a whisper. Exactly. But it's Mm -hmm. like coming home to ourselves when we're in our being. Yeah. It's comfort. It's the peace. It's the source of what we're looking for out there. And So to choose from that place, Mm -hmm. that state, those stories, and those strategies from being, I mean, you only need one reason. Yeah. Just not easy to follow. And the closer we get to going outside of our conditioning, the louder the mind does get. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did talk about on your podcast that I'd love to share here too, although I highly recommend listening to that episode.
0: Yeah, it was
1: good. Is about going into your head, your heart, your gut and perhaps your being and just asking about the thing that feels loud and messy, you're going to, if you get present and and can hear drop the mind from the brain, you can feel it happening into the heart, into the mm-hmm. gut. Yeah. You get a completely different answer.
0: Uh, I yeah. like
1: some people say, start with the heart and mm-hmm. that's a great place. If you only need one voice, I would just listen there. Truly. Mm-hmm. It'll get very different than the mind, but the mind I start with, cause it is so loud.
0: Yeah. I agree. I just did this one exercise last week. I facilitated like an opening ceremony at a retreat or an opening circle. And I had them do free writing with prompts and we use the elements to connect. So water to me is, fire to me is, air or wind to me is, and earth to me is. So the exercises you continue writing and you just write what comes up. You're not writing from like a I need to figure out like what to write. My writing needs to be perfect. It's, it comes from the heart space, right? And what I love about this exercise is how, and you can do this with so many different things. It doesn't have to be the elements. It can be anything, right? But I find that they're often metaphors for how we're relating to life, how we're existing in life. And what's amazing is, you know, the people in this retreat who are very action oriented, very driven for performance, they struggle to connect with things like earth or with water. So it's interesting how free writing and connecting with the heart and really tapping into that space, because it's subconscious for a lot of us, we don't hear our heart easily. We don't hear intuition easily. And so, yeah, tapping in in that way really helps us to kind of see what's going on beneath the surface because we don't often give ourselves the time and the space to look at what's going on underneath all of those other layers. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because the audience being therapists, they're probably promoting this with their clients, but taking the time to do it Ourselves is so essential this week, actually, this is going to come out at a different week than my current theme this week is about fee setting, and the fee setting world is fascinating because where I see therapists don't set aside the time to do the things you were just saying is partly many reasons, but one of them is busyness and overworking because yeah. the my opinion, the fee that they charge for their services is not a thrive fee. That's what I call it, is, is setting a thrive fee. Survival mode. Yeah. It, it is a lot about the four factors I see people engage in with fee setting, which is about yeah. not the self. It's really about other things. Anyone who's listened to my fee setting episode, that will already have come out. So I won't uh, speak further on that now, but <laughs> without setting the kind of rates we need to have spaciousness and setting mm-hmm. the kind of life to have spaciousness, Then we can do the kind of things you're talking about with clients all day, but to sit and do it with ourselves is essential. And when I look at what a mental health revolution is to me, it's about, we lead the way through Mm -hmm. our selfhood, through our living of desires, through us that takes our clients further than anything else.
0: I love that you mentioned that because something that I do that I think is probably very different than what most people do is I do the exercises with my clients. So I was actually part of the circle. Something that I've learned is that we do lead the way, right? And I've participated in women's circles and everyone's on an equal playing field, you know, like just because there's like a leader in the space doesn't mean that They're any different. And so that was actually a really big lesson that I took away from those spaces is that no, like we're just as here to do the work. And so when I run group programs in my business, I do the work with my clients and I show them that I'm not better than, I don't know more than, I'm just here to share what I do know and hope that it can guide you on your journey.
1: So yeah, that's beautiful. Because I think whether we hold ourselves away as a professional uh, behind all these these barriers that we can be taught in our field, we are doing the work with clients anyway, whether Mm -hmm. we're conscious of it or we're not in every session, in every moment. The thing you liked, you said my Jungian quote of how we'll only take clients as far as we've gone. Yeah. It's amazing the nuance in that quote. Mm-hmm. As a as someone who's supervised and mentored therapists for years now, I see how sometimes I'll ask, I'm wondering why this didn't get brought up. And it will be like, oh, they'll come to this process of realizing the reason they didn't say something is because it's unresolved for them. It didn't mm. even come into the space because they were avoiding it unconsciously. So it's yeah. fascinating how even, I love how purposeful you are in saying, I'm here doing this work with you. And Therapists are often taught to not say that, hold ourselves away in some way.
0: Coaches to be, too.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coaches too, to be the professional, but we're yeah. always doing the work with our clients, whether yeah. we're conscious of it or not. You're just bringing it to a really high level of awareness. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the way I run business too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hear that. I'm looking at your beautiful background and it you were liking mine too, which is very kind. Mm -hmm. It's, it exudes something, right? How you're running your business in Mexico from this beautiful office with your enlightening perspective. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's so funny. I was just thinking, you know, we all get caught up in that. Oh, I'm not where I want to be yet. Mm -hmm. bullshit that our brain tells us. And I was just thinking the other day, like, girl, you started in a two bedroom apartment, you shared your office with the guest room that had two bunk beds and a double bed, like you're doing just fine.
1: (laughs) I love it. The perspective in this achievement culture where you were raised, I was raised, many people listening are raised this achievement culture it's a lot about just looking forward, continuously yeah. going forward. It's so amazing to stop and take an inventory of where yeah. we've come. It, mm-hmm. It's incredible because the dopamine system that is never satiated, the go, go, go. It's this more, more, mm-hmm. more, check more boxes to release more dopamine, do these more things to get more dopamine. It is insatiable. Mm-hmm. The, the underpinnings of dopamine is they never, it never is satisfied. It is the always wanting more. Mm -hmm. And for people like myself, I've had even my genetic testing. I have a ton of open dopamine pathways, Mm. Um, a pretty typical Ashkenazi Jew brain, which is wonderful. Boy, can I achieve stuff. Mm -hmm. But the stopping and the reflecting releases the serotonin. The connecting releases the oxytocin. And that makes it feel like what you named, which is enough Mm-hmm. Enough is a state of mind, and it's also a neurological and epigenetic, and all these different things. Actually, feeling something is enough, we've mm-hmm. got to stop achieving for a moment, wanting, yeah. needing, and just stop and reflect. Incredible what happens. And enough, mm. when we get into the state of enough, new stories, new strategies. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, I have one more question for you. Yeah. What does mental health revolution mean to you?
0: Mm, I love that question. So I'll tell a story if that's okay. I remember that's... being in my positive psychology class. I think one of those class, that class or something else. And I remember the professor, I think it was that class. The professor was talking about, there was this graph on the projector, whatever, she was talking about how the system is essentially designed to help people who are functioning below zero. So if most people that the system helps fall below that, they fall below zero. And I remember having this light bulb moment in that class thinking like, well, there's a ton of people above zero that need help to A, not get below zero, and be to continue growing and to continue thriving. And this class is actually where my first ever like name slogan thing came from, which was stop surviving, start thriving. And so, my idea on mental health revolution, my thoughts on this is that I mean, everybody needs support. And I think there are definitely a lot of people under zero need support, right? And also there are a ton of people who are just merely surviving life. They're not necessarily depressed, anxious, but something's not necessarily right. I think that, yeah, by helping those people to thrive, to grow, to expand, that it'll contribute to what you're talking about is like the mental health revolution. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the same answers everyone else provides. I know a lot of my psychology training was, you know, I remember being in like abnormal psychology, it was all mental illness. And while I find it fascinating to work with mental illness or to study, I find humans so interesting and our brains are so interesting my calling was not always or never, I don't think really to work below necessarily that level, if that makes sense. It's just a very heavy energy for me. So I think the more that we can empower people, the more that people can own up to the fact that everyone's here healing, everyone's here growing, the more that we can actually help. Because I do also have a space in my heart for helping the other people. I'm not just like, oh, Like, I can't help you. You know, you're too sick for me. That's definitely not what it is. It's just like, how do we empower everybody to step into their authenticity, their alignment and what they're here to do and yeah, create a revolution. I'm kind of disconnected being in Mexico, you know, but the more I connect back home, and the more I hear about what's going on and the more that I see things, it's like, it just seems that people, I don't know if it's just because I've grown so much or if people truly are, it seems that people are really getting sicker, if you will, every day. And I think it's because of all the stress and all of the pressure and all of the conditioning, you know? So
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Everyone's answer to what is what does mental health revolution mean to them is mm-hmm. different. And yet, revolution as a, as a frequency, as an awareness kind of binds them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see our missions as aligned because for me, therapists who tend to be above zero in that graph you're talking about, although yeah. at times this work itself can bring us below zero, yeah. truly, it's a hard, traumatic job in many instances, filled with burnout for many people, yeah. not a lot of support. But actually, that's why they need the support. Yes. And, you know, the, there's that saying, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. Mm-hmm, I could exactly. That. Moving that from your graph analogy, moving everybody's numbers higher helps everyone. And those people above zero, yeah, they need the assistance too. And they have a chance to actualize mm-hmm. easier, generally, mm-hmm. which means that the world can change. Mhm. As people act self-actualizing is the thing, but the world would really change if more of us were self-actualized. The yeah. status quo conditioning BS it would not be so appealing, right? And yeah. it wouldn't be about survival. Yeah, the frequency, yeah. the energy, the brainwaves, everything about the survival system, it it is not the same mm-hmm. as actualizing, thriving. It's hovering around that zero. Yeah.
0: You know, and I wish there wasn't so much pressure out there too, because I've been definitely in depressed and anxious and like very low frequency states when I'm not in alignment with my true self, like when I'm allowing negative thoughts or, you know, I'm seeing myself as not like accomplished enough or whatever. And I wish that it was more acceptable for people to be like, okay, I'm depressed right now. And then what, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just, I don't know, trying to either stuff it down and be okay, or like
1: labeling that as their identity forever. Yeah, I see how mental health stigma has changed. Mm -hmm. And you were saying about being in Mexico, I don't know what the culture is like in Mexico around therapy. But COVID changed something in my experience of where Mm -hmm. people were sort of silently going about their mental health business. People were mm. going into therapy and people were talking about therapy. Yeah. And there ha- seems to have been a shift, quite a shift where people had this collective suffering and then it became real that more people needed were willing to acknowledge or needed mental health care and so it's become different. And I think we're getting closer to what you just said, which is people going into therapy, knowing therapy can help you so that you do not need a label for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. That's the idea. In medical communities, you wouldn't walk around with it. If someone knew you had a diagnosis, a lot of the time they'd be working on, okay, so let's cure that disease. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's essential in mental health care. But I look at some systems, like I'm talking about this sitting in a Canadian home, in a Canadian system, where the need to diagnose is not as strongly tied to the access to service. In the Mm. States, for people to utilize their insurance, for the most part, it is about they need, yes. And that system right there, to me, when I say about mental health revolution, it's a call out to every therapist who's living in that right now. Ask yourself, do you want that? Do you Mm -hmm. want to be part of that? And a lot of people, that's where the marching band will kick on. That's where people will freak out. Because what Mm -hmm. are you going to do otherwise? But it's incredible. Shift your state, you'll shift your story, and you'll shift your strategy because there are it's it's a Google search away from the people Mm -hmm. who are doing what you're dreaming of. Yes. I think you're standing for one of those people living in Mexico, living your life on your terms. Mm -hmm. and turned away from the psychological system that you saw wouldn't be fulfilling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been a huge stance. It feels like against, you
1: know, the
0: traditional.
1: (laughs) Well, I am very grateful for your time today, Lauren. Yeah, you too. Thank you. I'd love for you to tell the listeners where they can find you. There'll obviously be show notes links, but Mm -hmm. what you want them to know, any offers you have. Yeah. So
0: I'm actually in the process of launching a new space called the Aligned and Magnetic Business Accelerator. So, if you are someone who's interested in building a business the easier way, then that could be a space for you. But I have a ton of free stuff too. So, you can come and hang out on, listen to my podcast, the Aligned and Magnetic Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Coach Lauren Ashley. And I also have a Facebook group. So, come and say hello. I love to connect with people. The best way to do that is to come and reach out to me on Instagram and then we can, yeah, see where the best place for you is. I can share all of my resources. Beautiful.
1: Thank you. And we'll make sure that your links are all in the show notes.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much.
1: I had such a great time with you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution.